Hello, and welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast, where it's our goal to help create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions better understand each other with the ultimate goal of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Happy, comfortable, safe, and energy efficient. That's going to be part of today's topic. Zach Reed, who is product manager at AeroSeal, joins us today to share the technology, history, and applications for AeroSeal products. AeroSeal was developed by Dr. Mark Modera in his California garage in 1993. And now, back then and even today, it's impossible to seal leaks and holes in air ducts from the inside out. Up until that time, of course, contractors listening know the only way to seal ductwork was a messy, labor-intensive process and really not an option for most homeowners. In fact, a lot of the times the ductwork is inaccessible. So the simplest explanation for the AeroSeal process that Zach will give us in the podcast today is it's fix a flat for homes, but not as messy, not leaving as much residue. And that can be used for both ducts and the home structure. So basically improving your blower door score, as well as improving your duct leakage rate, reducing your duct leakage rate. AeroSeal's mission has always been to help homeowners retain that expensive air, which delivers comfort, healthy air, and substantial energy savings. Contractors who are interested in getting trained and becoming AeroSeal dealers can learn more about this and all the products at AeroSeal, A-E-R-O-S-E-A-L.com, or check out the links in the show notes to AeroSeal's YouTube channel. Okay, let's get into the discussion, the conversation with Zach Reed from AeroSeal, and he's new to the industry and new to AeroSeal, so he brings some fresh perspectives that I think you'll enjoy listening to. Good morning, Zach. Hey, good morning, Bill. Nice to meet you. And we just talked about how you might have one of the nine faces of HVAC. <laughs> and people aren't going to see this because it isn't a video podcast, but Alex Meany threw that terminology out once when we were taking a car ride together about the nine faces of HVAC. Like we always think we know each other in this industry. So speaking of getting to know each other, give us a little background on Zach. All right. I actually joined AeroSeal in July of last year, 2022. Before that, I was a federal civilian for the United States Air Force, working materials engineering for the stealth fighter and bomber program. Did that for 12 years, got my hands on a lot of jets, got my hands on a lot of materials. And I found AeroSeal through a general mutual friend, and it was a big opportunity and a big change. So I took a look at it. It seemed like magic fairy dust to me. So I had to look more into it. And the climate factor, the what we're doing in reducing energy usage is huge. So I jumped ship and here I am 10 months later now, product manager for AeroSeal for all things duct sealing. Tell us a little bit about AeroSeal. You did say all things duct sealing. So is there another aspect? Oh, perfect. I love the lead in. So... AeroSeal is a technology by which sealant, uh, duct sealant or building envelope sealant is aerosolized. The system, whether it's the ductwork or the building, is pressurized. And wherever there's a leak, wherever there's a high to low pressure differential, that sealant drops out of the air and seals off the leak. For duct sealing, we, on average, reduce the duct leakage by 90%. And for the building envelope, we can set the air changes per hour to whatever we want it to be. 
call it, we start at five, we can take it all the way down to zero and anywhere in between with a really good degree of granularity there. You said duct sealing to 90%? Yeah. So say you start at 200 CFM, we can bring it down to 20 CFM, no problem. We can reduce it even more. We can go to 0%, but it's generally a cost game at that point. We don't want to keep sealing more. Sure. Diminishing returns. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Cool. So you're on the duct sealing product management yeah. manager now? Okay. Got it. Let's go into the history of AeroSeal. Explain to us where this started and about when it started. This is a 30-year technology that a lot of people haven't heard about. AeroSeal was developed in Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory in 1994. That's when it was patented. It was done under a Department of Energy program. Three years later, AeroSeal itself was founded. It was then purchased by Carrier a couple of years later. They worked on developing it a little bit, sold a couple of systems, but it wasn't a priority for Carrier. So it got bought out by JMD, who currently owns the entire company, and Amit Gupta, who is working on it at Carrier, is the one that purchased it. So since 2010, so we've been at it for 13 years, developing new products, getting it out to people. We ended up developing Aero Barrier in 2021, so 10 years later, 11 years later. Since inception, We've sealed over 200,000 homes all across the world, mostly in the U.S., and we're continuously developing new products and making it easier for guys that want to install this to get their hands on it. Does that mean houses are leakier in the U.S.? (laughs) (laughs) Or ducts are leakier that we need so much attention? For the U.S., there's a couple of things that are really beneficial to us. So prior to, let's call it 2010, there weren't a ton of codes on duct leakage. It wasn't something that people cared about, thought about, anything. We also have mostly ducted systems. If you go to Japan, the vast majority of their systems are central ductless. So we've got an opportunity there. And with 50 states and 50 different code requirements, we can pick one that's doing well and go there. Minnesota is actually one of the best ones right now for new construction. They have a very tight duct leakage requirement and AeroSeal is the easiest way to get to that requirement. You mentioned magic fairy dust before. (laughs) Can you sort of break down a little bit of the, you say this high to low pressure differential. Can you zoom in a little bit more on how that actually works? Let's go through a day of the job. In a residential retrofit application, someone's already got equipment. They've been running it for 10, 15 years. We come in, we open a hole into the plenum. We cut a hole into it. We take some rigid material and block off the evaporator coil, the heat exchanger, and the blower. We attach a flange to that plenum and hook our equipment up, and we block off all of the supply and return registers on the other side. We pressurize the ductwork. We do it at 25 pascals to begin with to get an initial measurement test, and then we'll pressurize anywhere up to 1,000 pascals, depending on the material of the duct system. So if it's duct board, we don't want to pressurize it as much as sheet metal, of course. So pressurize it, then we inject sealant. So we've got a vinyl acetate polymer that it's the same material that's used in baby pacifiers. It's pretty safe, very low VOC, and mostly water-based. We put that through a nozzle, which uses compressed air, and it atomizes that sealant into the air, makes four to 10 micron-sized particles. Those float. They're so, so small that they float through the duct system. And they go through, and once they hit a leak, that air velocity changes, right? It's going to a low pressure, so it wants to zoom out of that leak. 
And as it drops, it's very likely to hit the sides, the sides of the leak itself, and it sticks. And then you do that over and over again. Each particle hits the last one, and it seals it up. The example I like to think about is if you're getting onto a, or going off to a highway exit. If you take it at 90, you're going to hit the wall. If you take it at 45, you're eventually going to get off there, whatever. So that's the same idea. You get these really fast-moving particles through the system, and on their way, that really sharp 90-degree turn, they hit the side and stick. And that's the basic. So that's for duct sealing. It's the same for aerobarrier or an envelope sealing as well. So they pressurize the entire house to 50 pascals, or up to 100 pascals, I'm sorry. And they inject sealant into the house. They've got spraying stations that just sit in the middle of the house, fog the whole thing up. Generally, this is new construction, right? We don't want to get sealant all over someone's furniture. But then we, that goes to the leaks, seals it up, and we do a test at the very end, and then put the system back to how it was. Take all of our equipment out, our blocking out, cover up the hole that we cut, seal that up nice and tight, and it's good to go. Got it. What's the time that it takes to do the duct sealing and the building? I know it's got to be very different, but ranges maybe. Yeah. Let's take a 2,000 square foot home, for example. They generally have a three to four ton AC system. The time to block everything off is the longest of it. It's about two hours. Then we're sealing from 20 to 45 minutes, and then another hour to take everything back out, button the house back up, and let the homeowner be happy with what we've done for AeroSeal. For AeroBarrier, you spend about an hour blocking everything off. So you cover any horizontal surfaces that you don't want sealant to deposit on, because as it's floating in the air, it's eventually going to end up on the floor. Uh, new construction, that's really easy because it's plywood. No one cares if that's sticky or not. And you go through and spray foam a couple of things that are big leaks, right? So up to five-eighths of an inch is what we can seal width-wise. We can seal an infinitely long gap that is five-eighths of an inch wide. So block all that off. Air barrier takes a little bit longer. It's a much bigger system than just a ductwork system. And call it 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And then tear everything back down and head on your way out another half hour to 45 minutes. So AeroSeal, that same size house, we're looking at four-ish hours. And AeroBarrier, we're looking at two and a half to three. So who does this work? <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what we're working on. So we do some self-fulfillment because we have people that want to do pilots. We have utilities that are interested in doing rebates for this. So we go out and we do that work ourselves. We sell the equipment itself to HVAC contractors, to solar installers, to duct cleaners, to anyone that has a pulse and is willing to do this work. We onboard them. They get a, two days of marketing and sales training. They get three days of technical hands-on training. We actually just built a training facility in Miamisburg, Ohio, where we can show them the big deals, what an attic system looks like, what a basement system looks like, indoor air quality products that you need to block or remove. And of course, we threw some curveballs in there. The last training, when the technicians had blocked everything, I went in and just pulled one out and took how long it took them to see it. And from the software, where it shows you the leakage going, it immediately threw an alarm like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? And they ran upstairs and found the block that was missing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, anyone can do it. It's a simple process. Every house is different. What we train is the initial, this is how you do it. And then we try to teach how to troubleshoot around systems that have been there since the 70s and 
people that have antique furniture over the vents. What do you do about that? That sort of thing. If a contractor who's listening is interested, what would they do next? Interested to become a vendor of the service? They can go to aeroseal.com and there's a request a, I think it's become a partner at the top right. We do it for both Aeroseal and Aerobarrier. For Aeroseal, we actually just came out with a new piece of equipment that is a much lower capital investment. It's actually a lease program. And it doesn't require an air compressor like our old equipment does. So before you would need an air compressor, you'd need the equipment and then all of your blocking and sealant and that sort of thing. Getting rid of that air compressor makes it much easier to put onto a normal change-out truck or a normal preventative maintenance vehicle. Very good. So because you work on these pilots and these programs, utilities, you must have collected or been involved in studies to talk about the impact on energy efficiency. Yeah, because we keep ownership of all of the data that comes out of our equipment, we actually have data on all 200,000 plus seals, which is really powerful to utilities. It's really powerful to homeowners. When I first started in July, I spent a ton of time doing energy modeling using ASHRAE standard 152, which is distribution efficiency. And of course, it varies from climate zone to specific location and equipment type. But we're seeing anywhere from 5% to 30% total energy savings. And that's not energy savings that the HVAC system is using. That's what the whole house is using. Really powerful stuff. I actually did my own house shortly after joining. A 120-year-old house with a an 80% furnace and an air conditioner from 93, 93, 94. And my energy bill went down 10%. Wow. Is the price range for the consumer something you could talk about? Absolutely. So AeroSeal itself doesn't set a price. There's a license fee that the HVAC contractor or whoever's doing the installation pays to AeroSeal, and it's for the software license, it's for the patent to do this work, the aerosolized sealant. On average, across the entire United States, it's about $2,000 to $2,500 for the homeowner to do this. Now, it's a lot. People get sticker shock. The payback on it is five to seven years. So you're saving enough energy. You only do this once. It's guaranteed for 10 years, and we've tested it, accelerated weathering up to 40 with only a 5% loss. It's one of those long-term things, especially if someone's getting solar panels or getting a new piece of equipment they expect to get for 15 years or 20 years. Throw this in there too. You're going to get more out of what you're buying. Yeah. So sort of a semi-permanent investment in energy efficiency. Exactly. Or could be permanent for the duration of your... It's permanent, yeah. Even if you change out the actual air handler cabinet and all of that, everything else is still sealed. You don't have to worry about breaking that or anything like that. In general, how is business going? (laughs) We are growing so fast. Three years ago, we had 60 employees. By the end of this year, we're going to be at about 300. So two years ago, we got investment from Breakthrough Energy, which is Bill Gates' climate program, climate investment program, we got $30 million in that investment. This year, we got investment from the Oil and Gas Climate Initiative, which is all of these big oil and gas companies doing something for the climate, trying to mitigate what we've got going on. And they gave us $50 million this year. We're investing it directly into the company. It's not going into someone's pocket. It's going into research and development. It's going into 
improving our products, getting better dealer support. Right now, we have 517 active installers for AeroSeal. Do they accumulate in any particular areas of the U.S.? They generally, for new construction, it's where the code is open to it. So Minnesota requires four CFM per 100 square feet or less. A typical system, if you just throw it in there, tape up the joints that you can access, is about 12 CFM per 100 square feet. If you're going to hand seal it, use mastic and tape and all of that stuff and spend two days doing it, you can get it to four, but it's not time efficient, not labor efficient. So that's where aerosol comes in, is you can do this in new construction in an hour and a half to two hours and move on to the next job, continue making some more money. Is there anything about a fixed number per region of installers you want to have to not to oversaturate? Do you worry about that at all? We used to worry about that. We limited it to one of our pieces of equipment per 10,000 homes. And if you think you can do two a day, that's 5,000 homes. That's, what is that, 13 years of sealing every single day? Simply not going to happen. So we've been doing more. And while some of our installers are not happy about it, they're not losing business. They're still busy every day. Every time that they go into a homeowner, the likelihood of them finding someone who's already done it is so low, especially right now, that it's not a concern. Now, as we grow, hopefully it is a problem. And that's a problem I'm excited to have. (laughs) To push on the cost there a little bit, we were talking about utility rebates. So utilities are super interested in aerosealing in general because it's so effective, because it seals so much and gives such a large energy savings. They're giving rebates for it. We have two programs right now going on, one in Connecticut, which is Energize CT, and then one in Puget Sound, both of which are over a $1,000 direct rebate to the homeowner, where it's offsetting half the cost. So when you think about payback at that point, it's two years, or two to three years rather than five to seven. That brought to mind another question on the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. Is there a tie-in to your process, to your product? So from the federal program to the initial big program, you can get up to $1,200 in tax rebates for air sealing and insulation. Uh, AeroSeal falls directly in that. It's actually written into the legislation itself as uh, aerosolized duct sealing, which we have the patent to, so we're the only ones that could do it. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, so if someone does it anywhere starting from January 1st, 2023 through the end of the act, you can get $1,200 tax credit. Yeah, tax credit. So you have to have the taxable income in order to subtract it from. Yes. I thought I heard something about it was for the materials, but not the labor. Do you have a framework on that? It's really fuzzy the way that it's written. If you read it two ways, one, it's only the materials, only the sealant that goes into that job, or it's the job. It's whatever the cost is to the homeowner. Of course, our interpretation is it's the job. Whatever the homeowner is paying, you can get up to $1,200 tax credit on it. Yeah, because there's the equipment needed to put it in. There's the technical training, the setup. There's having the material loan doesn't do anything. It's just a drum of material. (laughs) Yeah, if it's just the sealant, each home uses, we'll call it $40 to $50 worth of sealant. No one would ever get a tax credit on that. Yeah. Is this something that when you talk about, not to get too deep into it, but in the sales training, so what would be the way... I have a lot of contractors that listen to this podcast just to get them a little bit comfortable with what are some of the things they're going to learn? How are they going to understand how to present this to customers? 
So what we do, it's called AeroSeal Kickstart. It's a program that we do two full days of marketing and sales training and things like that. The big key points there are how to talk to a homeowner about it, how to tell them, we talked about this magic fairy dust, how to make that real, how to talk about it, how to understand what leakage is and how it affects the homeowner. So we generally lead with an emotional appeal and then a financial appeal. So emotional appeal being you've got a room in your home that is too cold or too hot all the time. That's generally due to leakage imbalancing. AeroSeal helps fix that. You've got allergies. You've got a kid with asthma. By sealing the leakage, you're getting fewer particulates and things coming into your house from the return. You're not sucking in outside air. And then you talk about the energy savings and getting the most out of the equipment that you have. It really depends on the person you're talking to. But we go through tons of scenarios. And we also have an online resource. You'd mentioned Brendan Reed that you worked with. So he has done a fantastic job in recording, I believe it's 96 lessons. Um, You can take any one or however many you want, but it's direct role-playing. It's talking through the sales process, talking through objections to AeroSeal. And anyone that becomes an installer for us gets unlimited free access to that. We have a lot of people that they'll start a spiff for their salespeople. So they're going to get 50 bucks back on every AeroSeal job or something like that. And the first thing they do is they go into AeroSeal U and they start watching those classes so they know exactly how to get it out there. Perfect resource. So there's a lot of talk, especially in the Inflation Reduction Act, about electrification, beneficial electrification. What are the ties that you see between your products and that? I've done a lot of work recently with just heat pumps in general. There's a couple of pieces of information out there. In a new installation or an existing installation of ductwork, it generally leaks 20 to 40%. Significant amount of air that's not going where you want it. A heat pump, which leaks 20% of the air to places that you're not trying to condition, is the same as reducing the sear rating by 40%. And it's because it lowers the velocity. You get a bunch of thermal conduction through like sheet metal and all the ductwork. I personally did an experiment with this. I took a system with a heat pump and I drilled a hole in the ductwork and I started increasing it, increasing it, increasing it and took measurements at the supply registers. By going from 20% leakage down to 0%, we sealed it 100%, we increased the register temperatures by 7 degrees Fahrenheit, which for anyone that installs heat pumps, one of the biggest callbacks you get is in the winter, it's blowing cold air, the thing's not working. Well, it's blowing heated air, it's just cooler than your skin temperature, so it feels cold. So that's one of the things that we talk about a lot is doing this fixes the ductwork itself and it reduces callbacks on things like that. You don't have to run a truck for someone that has an appropriately working system. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, the space conditioning is meant to condition the space. It's not supposed to be a personal body heater. That's Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you shouldn't blow on people. (laughs) Yes. Going back to, is it fair to say a simple analogy is sort of like cutting your finger and the platelets go to block or to form the seal, is that? Let's go even simpler. It's fix a flat. Okay. It's slime for your ducts, with the only caveat there is that it doesn't coat the inside. So because there's no pressure differential there, it's not depositing on the walls. It only deposits at the leaks themselves. 
Must have been a real trick to make those droplets know not to deposit. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's a physics problem. You got a bunch of stuff floating in the air. If it doesn't crash, it's not going to stick. So we pressurize the duct system such that it only crashes near the leaks. Now, to be clear, our training center, we've sealed that system, oh man, 20, 30 times now. When I first did it, I sealed for four hours to... It was a wall cavity return. It's a bunch of pan joist bays, really, really leaky. On that four-ton system, it was leaking 2,000 CFM, which is more than it can actually do. So it's as if it wasn't connected. And we ended up with some deposits. We ended up with some sealant on the walls, and it was only around the injection point. And I went in, and the stuff sticks really well to itself. That's how it seals. You just grab a ball of it, and you start sticking it to the walls and pulling it back off, and it's nice and clean again. Are there any bad candidates or inappropriate candidates for either aero seal or aero barrier? So we'll start with aero barrier. That's the easy one. If you have a finished home, we can seal it, but the prep is onerous. So we need to either move all of your furniture, all of your electronics, everything off your walls, cover it up, sometimes remove the baseboard, sometimes we've got to do some other remediation. But it's so hard to do aero barrier because you're fogging the entire house with sealant. That's definitely a new construction thing. For AeroSeal, and a question I get a lot is, if you have a system which is already way oversized, someone didn't do the manual J, they've replaced it two or three times, and every time they went up a half ton, and it's got a high static pressure, I wouldn't seal it. Because it's relying on the leaks in that system to not hurt the blower. HVAC equipment's generally designed for a half inch of water column, what I say and what we train is if it's at 0.7 inches of water column or higher, don't seal it. That's a candidate for talking more about adding additional ductwork or doing something else to remediate the problem than sealing up a already undersized ductwork. Yeah, it needs to be leaky because of poor design. Exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's a lot of guys do that. They get a homeowner that just wants the best of the best and the biggest of the biggest. Well, you can do that, but it's not good for anyone. You'd mentioned earlier the energy modeling. It was to an ASHRAE standard. Can you just give a quick overview of that? Yeah, it was ASHRAE standard 152. It's distribution efficiency. It takes into account the size of the building, the climate location of it, where the ductwork is located within the system or within the home, and basically models how much energy is being sent to the conditioned space from the HVAC unit as a percentage. And it takes into account leakage as well. So what I did is I took tons and tons of our seals from our seal database, got an average leakage number for that area. So let's take Dayton, Ohio, for example. It's IECC climate zone five. I think it's five. So I took a bunch of seals from climate zone five, gave an initial and final, calculated the distribution efficiency, initial and final. And basically reduction in distribution efficiency is that unit running longer. So if it's at 60%, it's only getting 60% of the energy where you want it. It's going to run way, way longer. So by sealing it, we increase that up to call it 83%. So we're getting more energy where we want it. It has to run less. It's using less energy overall. So we did this all across the US and down in Florida where systems are in the attics. Air that leaks out of there goes away. It's not coming back into the house any way, shape, or form. 
you're saving eight to 10% of your energy bills by sealing. Up in Maine, if someone has the pocketbook to put in a cold weather heat pump and they're using all electric heat up there, we can save up to 40% of their total energy bill because the less efficient a heat pump is, the more it's using that auxiliary strip heating. And that is so inefficient. Yeah, 3x or one third efficient. One thing I want to touch on the ASHRAE 152, is there an analogy in the ACA manuals to that? I'm sorry, I'm not familiar enough with them to say that. Okay. There is an ACA manual D for duct design. And I'm just wondering if there's like a correlation between these two. So ACA manual D is for sizing. ASHRAE standard 152 is for the quality of that install. Got it. Yeah. And in terms of duct types, like there are coming on the market are medium and high velocity systems. Are those candidates or not candidates for AeroSeal? From what we've seen, the PVC connectors, things like that, they really don't leak that much. I want to sell AeroSeal everywhere, but I'm not going to say if it's as installed and done appropriately, you don't need to do it. Okay. And wrapping up here a little bit, I just want to see if there's anything else you wanted to cover to talk with the listeners about. The big thing for us as we're growing is just general awareness. So if you're speaking to a homeowner or if you are a homeowner yourself, if you have leaky ductwork, you're paying for conditioned air, conditioned energy that you're just throwing out the window, throwing out your crawl space or throwing out your attic. I like to push on the climate thing. Not everyone wants to talk about that, but you should at least get what you're paying for. So if you're putting in a new system, you want a ductwork system that matches it and is not leaky. So you get all of the efficiency out of that that you paid for. And if your energy bills are going up, I want to get every cent out of there that I can into my conditioned living space. And AeroSeal is the easiest way to do that. I like to call it expensive air. Yes, exactly. You purchase some expensive air, hang on to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone talks about where you're raised in a barn, you're leaving the door open. Well, not sealing your ducts or not sealing your house, doing the general air sealing. It's just like leaving a door or window open all year, all the time, hot or cold. I track a lot of things in my house because it's solar powered, net zero, all electric. I gave a presentation to a community group just the other night, two nights ago, and talked about the change in electric rate since fall of 2020. This is the generation cost. Fall 2020 to now, to June 1st, a 63% increase. Oh my gosh. And we're not even in a bad area of the country. It went from 7.07 cents to 11.62 per kilowatt hour. So those sound like small numbers, but if you're wasting a lot of that, it's money just bleeding out of your house. Exactly. And to be clear, it's not coming back down. No. There's no waiting it out. It's going to keep going up. Yeah. One final question. Since you've been a fairly short time from a different industry, different career path, different industry, moving in to work for AeroSeal, anything that you could look back and say was a surprise for you? <laughs> so... Coming from aerospace, everything's super complicated. We were talking about quality of life or, or sorry, yeah, not quality of life, life critical systems on an aircraft. So everything's very, you've got to sign off on it. You've got to make sure everything's good. I knew that inspection happens sometimes, isn't enforced sometimes, but depending on where you are in the country, you can really screw over the homeowner, put in a terrible system with a bad set of ductwork. And no one's going to say a word about it. And that's just criminal. 
There's some people that are just out there to make a buck rather than take pride in their work. And I'm hoping to work on that while I'm here. Make a quality install something that every homeowner is aware of and wants. Absolutely. That's a great way to end it. And you also gave me the title for the episode. Yeah? Aerospace to Aeroseal, a conversation with Zach Reed. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Bill. This was great. Very enjoyable. Let's keep in touch. And how about someone has an interest you gave the website any other way to follow up that's honestly the best way because it it goes through like our sales force and stuff like that right man we've got a youtube page too if we want to link that okay we'll do perfect thank you zach so much yeah thank you it was great talking with you same here thanks for listening to this episode of the building hvac science podcast you want to hook up with other great trade-related resources, you can get in touch with the HVACR School, which has a website, podcast, videos, YouTube channel, and an app. It's a lot of great calculators built into it. HVAC Shop Talk, Stephen Rarden, HVAC Reefer Guy, Tool Pros, Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, HVACR Videos, HomeDiagnosis.tv, AC Service Tech, and Measure Quick. I also host the Res Talk podcast where you can learn more about the rapidly expanding world of home energy ratings and peripheral topics. If you want to get in touch to learn more about what we're doing at TrueTech Tools or give some feedback on the podcast, you can reach out through marketing at truetechtools.com. Thank you very much. Hope you subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, let other people know about it. And we look forward to having you back next time to listen to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. Take care.